0: I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than a machine. A man
1: without a
0: pair. I am at your disposal with 187 other languages, along with their various dialects and sub-tongues. Dialects and sub-tongues.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fifty Years of Shit Robots with Matt and Stephen. Hello, Stephen Murray. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Well, that's the pleasantries done with. Uh, We can carry on. (laughs) I'm okay, thanks. Do you know, I I remember saying uh, a few episodes ago when we were discussing the mysterious Dr. Satan, oh, phew, this is going to be the last serial we ever have to watch. I was a bit sick of watching, like, 15 episodes of something that wasn't very good. Um, But we've had to watch another one, haven't we? Well, I have. (laughs) I've watched a couple of episodes of it A couple? Have you watched all of them? Yep Well that's good, you'll be able to tell me what happens
0: in the end (laughs) Um, I did, I did use the facility of speeding things up in YouTube (laughs) So the thing we have been watching
1: this week which is from 1945 is called The Monster and the Ape Yes I'd say as a sort of like a, a first thought about it I'd say this is the most weird and the most pointless of all of the of all of the serials i feel
0: yeah the first four episodes are are really quite good if i was a kid and i was watching these in the cinema i would love it Mm. but then then the rest the 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 11 that follow that (laughs) are padding (laughs) and very much of a muchness it was massively popular though we can't get away from that can't deny that, but I and I, I did think to myself because
1: I watched it on YouTube. It is available on YouTube, all fifteen episodes, mm-hmm. but the quality of the print is very poor. Yeah, it is. It's to the point where you can't. If if there's a, a scene that is that is in in slight darkness, it's almost impossible to make out what's going yeah, on. like in one of the many tunnels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll come back to the many tunnels later. <laughs> So the synopsis really is this. <laughs> I'm just going to read out the, Go on, then. the Wikipedia plot because it's, t- it's only about three sentences. It says the monster of the title is the Metallogen Man, a robot created by Professor Franklin Arnold. After displaying his invention, the robot is stolen by Professor Ernst. Ken Morgan leads the attempt to recover the stolen robot. So that, that's sort of the broad brushstroke overview, um, but it's—I mean, if anybody has watched since our our episode, uh, the mysterious Doctor Satan, I'd say that it's almost exactly the same as that, isn't it?
0: It is, it is. But it's got a really good antagonist in it, which is—he uh, ends—he starts off being quite mysterious. Okay,
1: Um, I'm I'm gonna say that he's not.
0: In the pantheon of these, we're normally introduced to the antagonist and he's there fully formed. This one, he is part of the team that created the metallogen man and he he wants to steal it for his own. And then he just becomes generic after that. Yeah, he does. But I thought that was quite nice actually. I thought that there was a little bit of mystery. There was mystery voices on the phone and Well Yeah. Well (laughs) And like I said, the first four episodes I think Ah, uh, for the time, okay. Okay. Well, look, let's just go
1: through it just from the beginning. I've watched the first two episodes uh, of it, um, and I would say that, like you, I thought that the, 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 certainly the first few minutes of the first episode were, like, ticking all the boxes. So at the, right at the beginning, the robot is, is one of the first things we see of the whole thing in the yeah. title
0: sequence. It's in, the ti- it's in every single title sequence.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we are introduced to the idea that he has been created by scientists. And there's a series of like spinny newspaper headlines Uh that say things (laughs) that, 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 that then call the robot different things. And so in the first, this is the first minute we've seen the robot and we've already had the words automaton robot and mechanical man used in spinning headlines. And it's like, this is amazing. I'm so invested in this already. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, we see the uh, inner workings of the robot really, really quickly. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, that is a massive box ticked as far and as... lots
0: of people hunched over his workings as well, not just the one. Absolutely.
1: We know that the robot is being built for good. Yeah. The scientists say they want to free humans from manual labour. That's uh, something we've seen before in, in series and films sort of across the world at this time where that is seen either as, like, a good thing in American movies or a really bad thing in uh, European movies. In Russian movies. Russian movies, yeah. Sorry, Russian movies. But in this context, it's seen very much as, like, it's going to be great because uh, the robots will be able to do manual labour.
0: Yeah, it's going to make rich men even richer. They call him
1: the metallogen man. Why do they call him the metallogen man?
0: Because he's got this disc that's full of metallogen that... um, literally locks into his thigh. It's like his Achilles thigh, because if you pull that out, which happens on several occasions, he's useless. Uh, And metallogen is a material from a meteorite that's able to control the robot remotely from anywhere. And so that's,
1: that's what makes him special, like more special than just a robot. Yeah. Is that he's made from metallogen.
0: Yeah. And okay. if you pull that disc off his side, that's it, he stops. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear.
0: So we have this this uh
1: this sequence at the beginning where the scientists are demonstrating the this robot to like an assembled sort of audience of the great and the good. There's lots of ladies wearing enormous hats with feathers in. There's a lot of Hattage
0: in this one.
1: <laughs> but before we kind of like um, go any further, what do you think of the robot itself, the design of the robot, or the way uh... the robot moves? I mean, let's say that we are now 10 years on from Undersea Kingdom. Um, we are five years on, half a decade on from Dr. Satan. Uh, has there been a significant improvement in robot design and technology?
0: Uh, if you can call a little skirt uh, an improvement, uh, then yeah, but no. This is what my mother would have called uh, springy-faced and mealy-mouthed. It's just got a really grumpy face. Yeah, got incredible cheekbones, though. Oh, it has, but, I mean, it's not using those cheekbones for good.
1: No. No, it does have a little tiny little antenna on its head that f- yeah, it seems does. to flash, I think, which is new. Not seen which that Which is before. quite
0: interesting, because when it goes through doors, it bends down to get the antenna over the door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Making it even more useless than, than I thought possible. <laughs> so again, it's just another it's another man in a suit sort of vibe. Um and the way Uncredited. The, and the way the robot moves is very much like Oh stompy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a person who who isn't moving as freely as they could be. No. I think it's our first
0: stompy robot though. Yeah, I think it might be. The suit seems stiffer than, it's like, than others. It's like somebody in a suit of armour.
1: Yeah, it it's is. It's very
0: clanky, very stompy.
1: That's exactly it. And, and whereas it was robots of the thirties, um the Republic robot, I think, did it have like sort of almost like that sort of um duct tubing as legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of concertina sort of stuff, but meant that there would there was some sort of flexibility in the leg for the performer.
0: Yeah. But this, this one is doesn't nothing. No. They've attempted some kind of joint thing. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Imagine putting smarty tubes on a cat <laughs> and asking it to walk. But it's that sort of vibe. And so the, the, the robot is being demonstrated. Like, like we've already said, it's going to free humans from manual labor. It seems to me that the, the tasks they get it to do, though, are tasks that could be interpreted as nefarious or criminal.
0: Yes like, they could I mean it picks up a massive block of granite as they, they say but uh just the physics of it is impossible yeah. then they say they, they get some people in the audience to check this massive door and say that is definitely locked and now we'll get metallugent man to open it he doesn't open it he just he just pulls it
1: pulls it off out of the wall yeah, yeah. but it's not they don't say it's a door do they they say it's a bank vault. Oh, yes, they do. You're right. <laughs> it seems to me the only thing that you would get, have to do, have to pull a bank vault door off for is to this rob is, it. This
0: is the potential of the metallogen man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also like the fact that on, the, on YouTube, it's got Spanish subtitles. Metallogen man in Spanish is hombre metallica.
0: <laughs> I love it <laughs> which
1: I really liked <laughs> um, and so yes we cut from this scene which is the, the demonstration of the scientists of this great new technology that's going to revolutionise human work and we cut to uh, a, a scene in the interior of a car with two of the scientists responsible for the development of the robot are in the car they're listening to the radio and then suddenly the radio announcer's voice changes and a sinister voice comes over and says something like, "I am going to kill you." Yeah.
0: And then and their response <laughs> is, "He's mad."
1: That's right. <laughs> and then they are killed by an ape which has yeah. been hiding in the back of the car.
0: And one of the only occasions where the car literally just bools to a, a stop whereas in the next 15 episodes, they career off cliffs, get smashed, but this one just stops as, yeah. as the ape throttles the two people in the front after being in the car for some considerable time.
1: Yeah, and because it was because it was so dark watching it, um, I thought for a second that the, the ape was on the top of the car, but no, the ape's in the back of the car, isn't it? Yeah, having a kip. And so it means that, As you say, I mean, what's the logic of the scene then? What's 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 happened? The the ape's been in the car for some time before they got in the car.
0: Yeah, but if you're a ten year old in 1945, the very fact that a gorilla just suddenly appears and throttles two people with that is would be just so shocking. Yeah, you mean and so wonderful.
1: Yeah, that they would really love it. It reminds me, of
0: Kevin Smith got
1: involved in the I want to say the 90s with a Superman reboot. He was brought in by Hollywood because they knew that he was a massive comic book fan. Is this the one with Nicolas Cage? No, it's not that one. It's a different one. I never made it to screen, but he was, he was paid a lot of money to develop a script, which he did. But the guy who was producing it said to him... He's like, I got some directives for
0: you if you're going to move forward on the process. Some things I want you to do and don't in the script. He's going, three things, OK? I said, all right. So one, I don't want to see him in that suit. Two, I don't want to see him fly. And three,
1: he's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. And anyway, this, the same producer went on to make Wild Wild West. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Yeah, and, and this, the massive mechanical spider was in that. And so maybe it's that same sort of thing with this, that they just thought, we got to have an ape. monkeys are trending (laughs) monkeys Monkeys are big with 10 year olds get an ape in there because it is i mean at this stage it's completely unexplained i mean the 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 the, the ape the ape kills these guys the car stops the ape gets out of the car (laughs) and goes off and then and then but there's no explanation as to what the ape's doing or... No,
0: and then he goes straight on to kill another one.
1: That's right. In Go... his house.
0: Yeah. So that's three scientists down, two yeah. left.
1: And and they've all been killed by this ape. Yeah. So Professor Arnold and Professor Ernst, the two remaining scientists who aren't dead. Yeah. Professor Arnold's got a daughter. Yeah, Babs. <laughs> Lovely Babs. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Babs. Hello, Babs. And, and Babs and... And Arnold are going to go and meet someone off a train and this someone becomes quite crucial in the whole plot. Who is the person? He's an engineer
0: at. called Ken Morgan. Okay.
1: But before they can get to the train, he is kidnapped by some villains and yeah. left
0: for dead. Yeah. He's pummeled.
1: Well, <laughs> so there's such a lot of pummeling.
0: There is definitely a minimum of 15 pummelings. <laughs> His his and his face shows no marking. They all they just smash each other in the face, uh, and one of the reasons for this is the the guy who directed it, uh, which is called Howard Bretherton. He mostly directed westerns. Great. And in in the great American tradition, you've got to have a fist fight in a western.
1: Yeah, a fist fight that that sort of like lasts a long time, knocks yeah. someone out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then everyone moves on. Everyone loves each other and there's not a mark on any of them.
1: <laughs> uh, right. So now the ape is important. I remember you when you you said we should we should look at this. You were, you were so excited about the I ape. I was really excited. <laughs> Go on. Why were you excited?
0: Because the ape, inside the ape suit is Rare Crash Corrigan, who was... Uh, A kind of an action guy in his own right, but he cornered the market in ape suits in Hollywood. We've
1: seen Crash Corrigan before in 50 Years of Sheet Robots, haven't we?
0: Yes, we have. playing Crash Corrigan. Ray Crash Corrigan himself. (laughs) But he went on to play many, many, many uh, apes, Uh, but he was in The Bride and the Beast in 1958 playing Spanky, the wife-stealing gorilla. Yeah. And he was in the 1936 Flash Gordon serial as Pod. Poid, as one of the uh, okay. strange monkeys. That yeah, was just a monkey, a ginger monkey with a horn on its head. Uh, and he also orangopoid. is just a ginger also, monkey with a horn on its head. He played many, 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 many um, apes. He just wh- had. Why he had did he? Why? Why did he corner the ape
1: market? <clears throat>
0: because he had the ape suits. <laughs> so they were,
1: suits. they were all his suits.
0: They were all his suits.
1: Wow. So he basically. Played every ape in every just about 1940s serial or film because he owned the ape suit. He owned several ape suits. Well, I would say that I mean obviously the ape is not a real ape in this. As soon as you see it, you realise you know that this is a man in a in a suit or a person in a suit. But I mean, it's not it's
0: not badly done. No, he's all right. He gets lots of he loved doing this one because he had lots of screen time. And he could—he—he was—he messed around a lot. You can tell he's messing around an awful lot, like taking hats off people and uh, really, if you pardon, monkeying around. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, hes enjoying himself in that suit, yeah. and he gets a lot more screen time than the robot.
1: Yes, I wonder if the 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 person playing the robot also owned the robot suit. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the key to getting roles in. Uh, uh, in and Hollywood. there's
0: probably. Uh, a reason why, because in in some of the posters, you see that there's a fight between the 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 ape and the robot. Um, it doesn't happen.
1: Oh no, sad no. times.
0: No, 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 no. Uh,
1: just in, in case you were wondering why the name Ray Crash Corrigan is familiar, it's because what was the series he was in? Undersea Kingdom, was it? In a, undersea Kingdom. If you want to wanna to do well in the in films, you'll do whatever it takes, won't you? And and if that means owning your own suits, then own your own suits. Yeah. One of the things that sort of did stick out a little bit in this is that we see a person of colour as, as an actor, I think for the first time in any of these serials. Certainly it's the yes. first I can remember. It is. And the actor is uh, Willie Best...
0: Well, he gets billing in this, which is amazing, but he gets billing as Willie Best and not as his his other moniker, which was uh, Sleep and Eat, which is a really dreadful kind of name to give to a black actor because it's denoting this stereotype as being incredibly lazy. Uh, He did appear in 100 films before The Monster and the Ape, He's there as a kind of a wee comedy relief. But again, he gets a lot more screen time than the uh, the robot and the ape. And he's, he's he's part of the team and they treat him as such. He did say that uh, a lot of the parts that he was playing uh, are typically typecast as the lazy darky. Those are his words, not mine. Uh, he said, I often think about these roles I have to play. Most of them are pretty broad. Sometimes I tell the director and he cuts out bad parts. Uh, but what's an actor going to do? You either do it or you get out.
1: Yeah, I thought that was extraordinary. And I was reading up about about him. Um, and I think that the, the sleep and eat moniker, can't, mm. Spike Lee uses that, I think, doesn't he, he does. in, yes, in later he does. films? Yeah. As a sort of like a reference. Um, to that time when... Because Willie, Willie Best, as you said, was not always credited as Willie Best. He was yeah. often credited by that name. Or uh, uncredited. Or uncredited, yeah. I mean, it's incredible you think that this is a film... Th- this series is 1945. And how many films and TV shows did you say he'd done before this?
0: 100. I counted them all. That is incredible, isn't it? And then he went on to do about 20-odd after that.
1: I've got a couple of quotes here that said that... Um, so Mitchell Leeson, who who is a director, described him as "quotes the most natural actor I've, I've ever seen," and Bob Hope said he was the best actor I know when they worked yeah. together on a film called Ghostbreakers yeah. in 1940, which is incredible, really, isn't it? And I suppose just is more goes to show the the sort of the 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 difficulty um, for anyone who wasn't white to. Yeah. Make it. I suppose. I mean, obviously, in any industry, I suppose. But, but in, but in this instance, in Hollywood, it was so. Must have been so hard for um, a black actor to get any sort of role. And so, when you got a role, you probably took it. Now, so the the action continues, and we meet uh, our, the villain, who is called Ernst. But as you said at the beginning, we don't we don't know he's the villain, no, do we? No, it's a mystery. He's someone who's been
0: working with the scientists. Yes, is that he's right? one of he's one of the scientists. There's there's uh, five of them. Three of yeah. them get killed. Uh, Professor Arnold survives, and Ernst obviously has survived, not being killed by the monkey because he's in control of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Arnold is an old man, not dissimilar to the old scientist character in the mysterious Doctor Satan. Yeah. So when all of these scientists start being bumped off, he goes to see Ernst, and. Ernst is so suspicious. He is <laughs> right from the start because he basically says to he says that they shouldn't phone the police. That um, the other the other it scientist f- should entrust all of the all of this special equipment to him, and he'll look after it. So anyway, so you go through this whole palaver and then by the end of the first episode, everybody knows that Ernst is the villain. Yeah,
0: this is true.
1: So you sort of think, haven't we just wasted an episode? Couldn't we have just Couldn't he have just Have been a bit more Dr Satan
0: No I like the kind Of the subtlety In that And the reveal oh, You're ten year old In 1945
1: That's true That is true One of the things I loved about Ernst is Lair Which is an enormous oh, House wow. Was that there was um, he, he has a secret Wall behind his Fireplace And you well, go Well you and, have to
0: Twiddle a flimsy you, yes, Finial
1: right. You have to, you have to tw- Twizzle a finial the, the secret door opens in the fireplace. You go through and then you're in a room. And in that room, there's another secret door. So you've got to, yeah. like, operate another thing to get the door open. And then behind that, there's another room. And then that's got a secret door well.
0: It's all light fittings. He <laughs> twists a light fitting and then a door opens. <laughs> then he pulls a light fitting and then a door opens.
1: Yeah, I thought But that what was hilarious. you don't know
0: is behind the first door, there's also another trap door that leads to a well. <sighs> oh, my God. That Ken Morgan ends up in. What dead? No, well, obviously not. He just no. gets out of everything. He does, doesn't he? Sneaky. They're they're really sneaky these because the cliffhangers. He uh he, re- he gets killed in every cliffhanger and then manages to survive the week after.
1: Yeah, like in the in the with the easiest of it's so easy for him to survive, oh, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, with I his agree.
0: indestructible suit.
1: Yeah. So by the end of by the end of the first episode, the situation is is that we've got a lot of dead scientists. The villain Ernst has got the robot, and he's got the control panel, and we've got, and then there's a there's a strange contraption that he needs in order to make everything work.
0: The metallogen disc. <laughs> and so he's got
1: all of those things, and we have no idea why he's doing this, do we? At the no. end of the first episode, there is no, there's been no monologuing from him about what why he would why why he would want any of this why why is he was involved with the project and now he's killing everybody. And also, crucially, we have no idea what the ape has been doing because the ape was seen in the first five minutes (laughs) and then it's gone. Well, I know.
0: So what happens to the ape? The ape is basically in a zoo that's connected to a passage to Ernst's house. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely mad. And one of his henchmen uh, is the zoo's night watchman. And he just changes his clothes when he's in Ernst's lair. And he goes through a secret door that you pull a light fitting down to get. And he ends up inside the cage through another little door. And wow. then he constantly, constantly steals the ape and nobody ever notices. That's amazing. Which is called Thor, by the way. We, I don't think we've mentioned that. We haven't mentioned that the ape's called Thor, no. Uh, so we get to about episode um, 10, and the, the writers and the director and everybody involved are absolutely sick of it. So they just, they shoot the ape. <laughs> they just shoot it. That is so shocking. He's, he's having a fight with, with uh, Ken. Yeah. And uh, uh, the monkey shoots Ken and he's fine. Yeah. And then uh, Professor Arnold comes in and just shoots the monkey dead. Doesn't have a fight with the robot, nothing. Uh, and so right in the very last episode, which is the shortest episode, I mean, they really whizzed through it. Um, basically, they found a meteorite underneath this, this, the town that they're in that's full of metallogen because there's this toing and froing with finding metallogen, losing metallogen. Uh, and eventually, um, Ernst has got the uh, metallogen man the metallogen disc the the remote control and a whole lot of metallogen so he can build an army of robots and then there's a chase and then uh his van with everything in it goes off a cliff uh into a lake and that's it and that's it that's That's it it ends
1: well i am genuinely upset for the death of the ape
0: yeah i think do you know what it even shocked me Does Ray Crash Corrigan give a good dying portrayal? Uh, Yes, he does, actually, yeah. He has has a couple of death throws and then rolls over.
1: Wow. Now, listen, was The Monster and the Ape a success?
0: Yeah, it was hugely successful, not just in the US, but in uh, Canada as well. After its initial showing in 1945, it spread to many, many theatres and ran right through until 1948.
1: That is incredible, and it was that unusual. Was it unusual for a fifteen fifteen part series yeah, to run for three years? Effectively,
0: it was. Considering there were other things like Captain Marvel and and the Phantom and all of these series coming out, and I, I watched a little bit of uh, Captain Marvel as well, and there's really good effects in it. But um, the, the Monster in the Air was massively popular. Let's rate the robot then. Oh God! The, so it's, it's in the minuses. <laughs> it's useless it's honestly oh it doesn't do anything it's sent on one occasion it's sent to to kill ken morgan in a paint factory and there's a big vat of paint that's on fire and he's above it and uh, he's gonna die but then metallogen man comes in and starts knocking down all of these um, supports for the thing and which basically means he can just sort of drift away from the fire uh, and it's just useless
1: yeah I mean,
0: it just it
1: moves in such a cumbersome way. And we've said this before so many times, so many times on this show, that the the robot always seems to be developed in order to replace people. And yet it is less good at everything than people, apart in this case from opening bank vault doors that are locked, which yeah,
0: yeah. which it, which it, it, it does. Do once. you can do that,
1: so. but that's not really what it's supposed to be there for, is it? Supposed to do, do no, manual labour?
0: Spectacle, just spectacle. But it's not even it's not even specky. <laughs> no, it's very unspecky. But um, well, this is the last. Is of this the, the is this the last serial yeah, Robot serial. They, they do turn up again in the sixties on TV. Okay. We've got a respite. This is the very last. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. I know. And
1: I'm really looking forward to... I've been looking forward to the next film we're going to watch for ages. Even though you you maintain there's no robot in it, but there is. Uh, We're going to be looking next time at a a 1940s British film called
0: The Perfect Woman. (laughs) (laughs) which i watched all the way through waiting for the robot
1: there is a robot in it there is and you know it there is you're being disingenuous there is a robot so that's what we're going to do next time and because it it we feel that it's basically the 1940s version of weird science we're going to do a double double feature perfect woman and weird science
0: a mad parallel
1: <laughs> yeah Brilliant. All right. Well, um, thanks very much for listening. Do share with nerdy friends. Tell them about this podcast, please. That would be very helpful. Don't forget to join us on Twitter and Instagram. We're the same handle on both. It's at 50YOSR. At uh, F-I-F-T-Y-Y-O-S-R. And until we meet again, goodbye. Goodbye.
0: So... What would you little maniacs like to do first?